am I with Seabus Super? Because I'm a builder and they take care of me. Well, I had an accident on the work site and they helped me out, no worries. Yeah, they helped me out real fast. Mate, they just get me. Because they are for all of us. Seabus, for all of us. To consider if Seabus is right for you, visit seabussuper.com.au for a copy of the PDS. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. This is the Final Word World Cup Daily Day 27, an auspicious day brought to you by Seabus Super. You can find them at seabussuper.com.au. I'm Jeff Lemon. Adam Collins is with me. We have seen Australia take on England at Lords, the great contest, the ashes of ODIs, if you will. Tell us about it, Adam, in 30 seconds or fewer. Australia have qualified for the semi-finals with a couple of games to go. They made 285 for seven, a Finch even century at the next ball, a big opening stand with David Warner. They put on 123. The middle order failed, broadly speaking, with Kawaja at 23, Smith 38 and Maxwell 12, but Alex Carey saved them at the end. 38 not out to push them up to 285. England, on the other hand, lost a wicket second ball, Berendorf outstanding. At start of the trend, uh, Stark was brilliant early as well. The two left armers took nine wickets between them. Berendorf five, Stark four tip-top bowling Australia through. That does it. That more or less does it. There's a few things I've missed, which include the margin, 64 yep. runs, and I don't know if I mentioned that England were all out for 2-2-1, mm. and that they were all out in the 45th over, and that their record chasing, which in this country over the last, well, at least the last three years, but you could say four years, has been exemplary, and they've mm. lost chasing twice in a row. I haven't mentioned the fact that Stark bowled one of the greatest Yorkers of his career and that's in a fairly competitive field. I haven't mentioned that Jason Berendorf has spent the bulk of the last five years in traction with his back broken in half with various stress fractures Mm. and that his story from being a prodigy um, about seven or eight years ago winning the the Shield Player of the Year I don't know, that might have been 2013 or something like that a really long time ago. It's taken this long for him to get a chance on the big stage and I'll tell you what, what a visionary selection that was. Uh, The boy from Tuggeranong has delivered in spades today and now Australia are the first team to formally qualify for the semis, it's quite the effort considering where they were six months ago. Well, considering where they were, you know, even three months ago, even and two weeks ago. If you say, you look at the India loss. I mean, we were fairly critical, rightly so, I think, of the way they played against India. That may not even be a fortnight ago. Yeah, uh, and they were unbalanced. Uh, they were lacking their all-rounder. They were flying a guy out to potentially replace Marcus Stoinis, who, of course, did a job today with the ball as well. Uh, we didn't know who their primary spinner was. We didn't know if they knew whether they were going to play a, a spinner going forward or not when Zampa got left out of the side. Mm-hmm. There were so many questions unknown. Sean Marsh was in the team. Usman Kawaja was floating. I'm not saying that's all been resolved. There is area for improvement, certainly. But, I mean, it, it's a fairly convincing win when you see the way that Stark bowled today and the way they can just throw Berendorf in the mix and bowl the way he did. Yeah, look, I think it's a it's a bowling win once again. We, we saw that thing that Australia have done a bunch of times where they get off to the flyer, they get the big platform, and then they don't go large with it. You know, the, the 330 score they could get it ends up being a 280 score. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you were chasing a, a side that had its act together, I'm sorry, if you were playing against a side that yeah, had its act yeah. together chasing, then they'd be able to do that. But England, well, three chasing losses as well because they couldn't chase Pakistan's That's big score on yeah. a good deck. And, and that was the sort of 340 chase that they pride themselves on, you know, being able to get those big targets. Then they botch it against Sri Lanka, you know, a low-scoring run chase, two twenty odd, and then botched it again today. They were they were never in it, you know, but right from the start, three wickets down within six overs, and it's all over. Yeah, quite a lot to pull out of that. So, in terms of the batting, 
it was the big foundation Australia laid and it was the opposite of that for England. So Finch makes 100 off 116 balls. I said he's out the next ball, which is, he'll be disappointed by that. He spoke after his 100 at Nottingham last week about how proud he was to go on with it, which mm. hasn't always been the habit with Finch. If, if anything, yeah. it's been the, the complete opposite. You wrote I, about that, I think, I think he's got, I think, what is it, 1,500s now, about nine of them, I reckon, are under 110. Right. So he, he gets to the 100 and, and gets out and that's been very consistent. Yeah, and he, and he said at the midway part of the game that was disappointing for him today. And yet, Kawaja, 23 off 29 before he was castled by Stokes. Um, Smith made 38 or 34 and was looking quite good until he slipped over and got himself out. He was involved in a run out with Stoinis as well, which was the, 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 the all-rounders fault. Maxwell didn't come off today. And as we said before on the show, he will come off some days and he won't come off other days. Mm. That's just the way it is. He yep. made 12 off eight balls. <laughs> Nicking um, an uppercut to the wicketkeeper for yeah, 12 off eight. After, after, the, after the six off Joffrey Archer, that was just rude. It was, yeah. I mean, you're facing the quickest guy on the other side and just smashing a length ball over deep mid-wicket. And Alex Carey, 38 off 27, Wasn't unbeaten he at the end. He's Wasn't become such a good last five overs player they made 22 yeah. runs in the last two four boundaries from Kerry I asked him just then at the um, downstairs about this and he said that he can't put his finger on why he's able to bat well at the end but I think it's his um, his cricket brain he's just mm. a clever guy yeah. and, and he knows where the gaps are his internal computer that we talk a lot about with these big hitting guys they know exactly where the gaps are to hit boundaries and hit long yeah. with Kerry it's as though he knows where to find two and that can be equally as important when trying to yeah. turn the strike over at the end. Well, because he, he's not a big hitter, he doesn't really hit sixes much, but he carves fours pretty easily. So he goes, all right, this is where the cover sweeper is. This is where backward point is. This is where I need to hit the gap in order to get that to the fence rather than have it fielded in the deep. England didn't bowl that badly analytically. You look at the numbers and they were quite consistent down the board. No bowler went for more than seven and over, and that was Mo and Ali, and he picked up David Warner for 59, I think it was, the first wicket to fall, 53 rather. Um, so Wokes, Archer, Wood, Stokes and Moeen all made a contribution, and, and Rashid none for 49 off 10. But I'm sure if we looked at the pitch map, what we would find, and I think Crickviz crunched some of the numbers on this, they just bowled far shorter early on, which mm. meant that um, the conditions which were... Not the easiest to bat on early on. Yeah. Um, Warner and Finch were able to get through that first 10 overs without a huge amount of concern, really, when you consider a couple of close LBW shouts and one cut that James Vincently plucked out of the air at Gully. But that aside, they were going quite nicely. And and England didn't take advantage of the new ball. And you cut press fast forward three hours, and that, that's precisely what Stark and Berendorf did. Yeah, look, I don't think you even need the pitch map to do this. You look at the fact that the outside edge was beaten any number of times by balls that were far enough back of a length that they moved so far that they beat the edge. Yeah. I mean, there was one that beat David Warner's bat by about a foot from Chris Wokes. It looked great. It moved a lot. It was exciting, but it was never going to get him out. Mm-hmm. There were two from Wokes that went over the top of the stumps. He cut both of the openers in half, Warner and Finch, and had balls go through past the inside edge and clear the stump by a margin and he had an LBW that was turned down that they reviewed and then was found to be you know umpire's call but very much just maybe clipping the top of leg stump so the height was an issue you look at that compared to Mitchell Stark's LBW on Joe Root hitting a third of the way up middle right in front and that was a a factor of pitching up and the same with Berendorf to James Vincent so that's the second ball of the match pitches it up swings it full crashes into his stumps and right at that point you thought England are in real trouble from that second delivery a lot to take from the Berendorf stuff isn't there so there's the way he swung the ball and pitched it up that ball to Vince was a glamour delivery I'm sure we'd be mm-hmm. talking far more about it if not for the the Stark Yorker later on which gazumps it um, I mean the, the, the highlight reel of Stark over the journey is so uh, extensive in terms of Yorkers but that started a long way outside off stump and hit the mm-hmm. side of off stump it was just picture perfect uh, but Berendorf 
not only picked in the side ahead of Coulton Isle, which is a bold call when you consider what Coulton Isle's been bringing with the bat and in the field as well. We saw him in the slips fielding yesterday at training, and I kind of took that as a sign that his role in the side might be expanding, not not retracting. Yeah. So Berendorf's previous start against Sri Lanka, he took some tap bowling at it may have been first or even second change. He came on as Sri Lanka were teeing off, and people drew the conclusion that, yeah, they've got yeah. a pretty good opening pair, Stark and Cummins, indeed, the best opening pair in the world. But what comes after that with the seam? They've got these yep. bunch of battlers who, who haven't got much experience and you know aren't going to worry teams in the middle overs. But the, the, the trick was, as Damien Fleming's been saying to me all week, you've got to let Cummins bowl first change in order to get a swing bowler bowling up top. And that's worked perfectly. Berendorf yeah. is a swing bowler, so why not play to your strengths? I, yeah, I wanted to see them play two spinners today based on what we saw on Monday with the turning deck with Pakistan, South Africa. Um, but waking up this morning, it was so muggy and so humid. The air was thick. You felt like you was, it was it was like candy more than more than Lord's few degrees cooler, but that, that dense humidity of the air, and that would have played exactly into that decision. I think with Berendorf, he bowled well in the warm-up at Southampton against England, but that was on a sunny afternoon, and he was bowling back of a length, and he did a good job. He was he was sort of in at the ribs and keeping it difficult for them to score, but he knew what he had to do in those circumstances. Here, this was his natural habitat, as it were. This is, you know, new ball up front, get it to move, and my word, did he get it to move. Yeah, I just think it's, again, I'm touching on that story before, but a guy who, he's 29 now, and we still think of yeah. him as a young player. He spent so much time out of the game, but mm. much as it's been with Coulton Isle, always getting picked for squads when he's been fit, it's felt that way with Berendorf a little bit. Whenever he's yeah. been fit, he's been back in the WA side, back in the Scorchers set up, and you know, even getting a Guernsey in the IPL last year, I know mm. he got injured, but like they want Berendorf there and thereabouts, and yeah. you see why on days like today, he's got such a fluent action, moves the ball naturally, left armour. I haven't, I can't remember Remember too many times when two left armers have opened for Australia. Obviously, Johnson and Stark a little bit towards the back end of Johnson's mm, career. World Cup. Well, but mostly it was Hazelwood opening up, and then so they did a little bit. But the point is, is that it's not a common occurrence. Usually, no. you would open right arm, left arm, or, or two right armers. New Zealand at Eden Park. I'm pretty sure they opened up because uh, McCullum was smashing both of them into the stands. Sure, but the point yeah. still remains that over. I mean, if I'm sure if you went through every one day Australia's played, you can count on two hands at most, the amount of times two left armers have opened the bowling. Mm. So I think that, that takes some guts as well at the selection table, so credit to them there. Uh, and look, the, 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 the way that um, England folded um, yeah. is going to be a serious talking point as well because uh, despite the fact that they talk about confidence, I know you went downstairs just then, but that's about the fifth time in a row Owen Morgan's been very chippy in press conferences, gone, gone oh, in yeah. the day. I mean, I'm not saying he's naturally a, a warm person in that setting. He's far better one-to-one, but... That's another example of where, you know, it's, it's like, he's like, what are you saying? I'm under pressure. You're saying I'm under pressure. Stuff you, yeah. you know, like, it's, uh, he's not literally saying that, but the way yeah. he's answering questions. What do you mean I'm mad? I've can, never been mad. Never been mad. Why, <laughs> I don't why, know what it's like to yeah, be mad. I, well, yeah, I wouldn't be mad if you used to stop being mad. It, it's got that sort of, um, yeah, having, yeah. Having, a, having a fight with, you know, someone who you're close to type sort of um, a yeah. feel to it. So they are showing a, a degree of that and it'll oh, take massively. an awful lot for them to bounce back. The game against India, I, I joked on Twitter before that their last game against New Zealand could theoretically be a dead rubber now. They might be out of the tournament. It's unlikely, 
mathematically, but things could transpire in the next few days that Oof. if they lose to India, it's it's curtains for them. And who would have thought that a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, player of the day, undoubtedly, Mitchell Stark, surely for the... Oh, I mean, Yorker, gee whiz. So uh, this is, I mean, and this should be Hall of Fame, really, this, this Yorker to Ben Stokes. So Ben Stokes is holding things together as far as England are concerned. He's, he's bailing water out of the boat. He got to 89. He was looking good too. He was coming down the wicket, driving over covers. He was defending where needs be. And he gets a 150k Yorker that it was from over the wicket. It started from outside off, then it reversed in towards his off stump, inside the line of off stump, and then hit the seam and went on straight. Didn't keep going with the angle, but went on straight. He was nowhere near it, and it hit the off stump, and he just bowed his head and stayed there for about 10 seconds, dropped the bat, and then kicked the bat out of the way and went, bloody and and stormed off the field because what can you do? Yeah, if I was going to put a second person in there, of course it would be Berendorf. He, it's a pretty good party trick that in his first, he bowled three spells and in the first over of each of the spells, he took a wicket. So his yeah. second spell was just one over, but when he took that second wicket from the other end, the pavilion end, the, the um, wind viz or whatever you call it. next to you, right? Oh, now. right, okay. The wind viz <laughs> went to 80% for Australia, so it was such a big turning point. Then the third spell, he did it again and then took two subsequent wickets. I want to put both Stokes and Stark in the Hall of Fame for different reasons and a litany of other things. A lot happened today. Stokes, I want to put him in there for um, uh, when he put his hand up to, cut to Stark in his follow-through. And, of course, that's a reference to 2015. When we were here, Jeff, watching yeah, yeah. England play Australia last, Mitchell Stark threw the ball back at Stokes in a really cl- crucial part of a tight chase and, and Stokes put his hand up uh, to seemingly prevent the ball being thrown to these stumps and running him out. And controversially, the umpire adjudicated that the third umpire said it was out mm-hmm. obstruct- obstructing the field yep. before obstructing the field and handled the ball got got merged together in the last rewrite of the laws. But anyway, point being is that that created a 90-minute chorus of boos for Steve Smith, would you believe? I did get booed today. but um, So I love that Stokes had the wherewithal to kind of put his hand up and jokingly say to Stark, not again, champion. Um, <laughs> I want to put Stark in there because of what happened at breakfast this morning. Elisa Healy um, tweeted out that at Brecky this morning, someone got stuck into Mitchell Stark. Um, so I asked him about it. The, well, we all did. We asked him about it at the mix zone. And he's like, yeah, some old English bloke was giving him grief about how many eggs he was eating and that fight him up. So, and why would you, what, what, would you fire too up many Stark? eggs or not enough eggs? Well, I think too what many. Was the criticism? It was about he had strapping on his arm and he was piling in some, you know, some poached eggs or whatever. And, and some, some fellas, um, giving him a bit of a working over. And Elisa Healy tweeted and said, Not a good idea to fire up Mitch, yeah, but even, um, on, on a game day against England. Even if it's not, <laughs> even if it's not him, at what point are you like, Too many eggs? I don't like how many eggs you're eating. I'm going to write a letter to my local member about this. Too many eggs being consumed by too, this man. Too many eggs on the dance floor yeah other things for um the hoff uh, the, the, the hoff at uh, the scoreboard's back yeah good um he, yeah hey nah, hey nah, the, the scoreboard's, scoreboard's back. back um so the uh, which is, is an ongoing thread i just wanted to note for those who've tweeted in scores of photos of scoreboards around this tournament the one at lords is fixed so i don't know whether we had more influence than jonathan agnew on test match special probably he more than i but still, I it's think it's, it's neck and neck. It's fixed. It's, it's, it's fixed. a photo finish. <laughs> uh, what else, Jeff? Maxwell's very casual two two man catch out on the the deep mid wicket wide long on boundary where he caught it, knew he was going over. It's just popped up on screen right now, and just casually underhandedly backhands it to Aaron Finch, <laughs> uh, and then comes back in for the high five. Two old housemates. Just yeah. uh, I wonder as Vish put on Vish Matushna Hunter Azri, our colleague, put on Twitter. It must be the first time that housemates have had a tandem catch on the rope. Feels yeah, that right to me. Maybe. Um, and you could imagine them. Doing doing it, you know, putting away the vegetables in the kitchen, just tossing potatoes to one another to 
to pop in the veggie crisper or that sort of thing. It had that casual air to it. Uh, we also uh, got a great tweet in this morning, Jeff, of the handshake between the sponsor and Shakib Al Hassan when he received the player of the match yesterday, um, which has to be seen to be believed. Uh, I'm just going to say, look it up on Twitter because it's outstanding. I think it deserves a nomination yeah, at the very yeah, least. It's about a 38 second handshake <laughs> with about 53 pumps. It's um, I don't know if it's an alphering attempt or maybe just not wanting to let go. Anyway, that's enough for part one. We'll be back in just a moment. Jeff, how about this? We've got a new spin on Nerd Pledge, but it's sent through by our great mates Seabus Super. Really? Tell me what we've got. 9.29. Okay, so that would have to be 9 for 29, which mm. would be the New Zealand batting collapse against Pakistan when Yassir Shah took 8 for. That's very good for him. You're spot on. But 9.29% is also Seabus Super's average annual return for their default investment option over the last 34 years. I did not anticipate that completely organic segue, goodness me. Uh, do we have another number? We do, actually, as it happens. Uh, 50. Okay, 50 is probably the most common number in cricket, maybe aside from naught, so that's not too clear. But maybe it's the good bit of Bradman's career in between the debut at the Echo where he sucked and then the last test where he made a duck. Very nice. Right again. Also, $50 billion is how much of their members' money CBUS currently have invested. Well, I've learned something new. CBUS Super, the industry super fund hitting your retirement for six. You can visit cbussuper.com.au to find out more. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. This is the Final Word World Cup Daily Day 27. We didn't actually decide on the Hall of Fame, but I think it has to be the Stark Yorker. Yeah, it could be. Um, I'm not sure which of the live ad reads was just in there from the middle section, but we had a great tweet in from Jack Sven who said to us um, that we often have at the back end, your past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. He said it applies directly to England at the moment. So, um, so I think I'd mention that as a, as a late, uh, belated mention for the Hall of Fame. Lovely, lovely yeah. tweeting, Jack. When, when England see bust, it's coming to take them out of the tournament. <laughs> So where are we going? Where are we going? Where, where are we going? We're going to Manchester. We're going to Manchester to watch India yeah. play the West Indies uh, up there the day after tomorrow because yes. tomorrow we've got New Zealand versus Pakistan, which is a massive one to see if oh. Pakistan can stay in the tournament. What a gigantic game. If Pakistan win that, then, I mean, all bets are off when it comes to yeah. England. They're in last chance saloons. Yeah. They're there. They're living there. They're Eng- England are under heat if that, if that comes off, yeah. if Pakistan uh, win that game. And as for England, they've got a few days to gather their thoughts until they have the, the little task of taking on India, uh, which will be a home India match in, at Edgebaston because it's going to be a strong Indian-Birmingham crowd. There'll be 90% India fans there. I can't wait to be there for that game. It's the UNICEF charity game as well. It's going to be a great atmosphere and there's going to be so much on the line. And the night before that is Australia-New Zealand right here at Lords. God, so we're bouncing around a lot, aren't we? We've, we're going to be in Manchester, back to London, up to back to Birmingham. It's, uh, it's all happening for it's us. It's a massive week um, game-wise as well because, you know, that, that Australia the New Zealand one will be the sort of the top of the table see see who gets bragging rights but then you know England will be fighting for their lives on Sunday and the lights at Lords as well the only game of the tournament here being played with the floodlights on so they must have got permission from the neighbours they don't get to play too many games here with the lights on so I'm looking forward to that yeah um, so I don't think we need to say very much more because day 28 and onwards is going to be ridiculous can't wait this has been the final word World Cup Daily brought to you by Seabus Super the industry super fund hitting your retirement for six you can find them at seabussuper.com.au you can find us on the final word World Cup Daily tomorrow see you then bye
Consider if CBUS is right for you. Go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance.